welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. Focused on providing valuable information for anyone looking to undertake a new build or extension project. We'll share our tips, tricks and stories from a building designer's perspective. Building Design Primetime Podcast. Once again, we welcome Frank Geskis. Hi, Amelia. And I'm your host, Amelia. What are we talking about today? You told me sheds. Yeah, I think we should talk about sheds. Sheds are awesome. I know, you could talk about this for hours. Oh, a good shed. (laughs) And when it comes to sheds, size matters. Guys just love a good big shed. We all do. For whatever purpose... You know, you could be into cars, maybe, uh, woodworking, hobbies, storage, man caves, caravans, storing your caravan in there, you, motorbikes, all sorts of crazy stuff. Even pool houses. Yeah. We'll put sheds over the pools. Wow. Um, half, you know, like a granny flat. I love the holiday shed. The holiday shed. You're going to have to explain that one to me. Well, it's a shed on your holo- on your block on the coast. It's just a shed and it's got a bathroom in it and a bit of a sink in the kitchen. So it's a holiday house. In a way, but it's still a shed because you just bring your caravan plonk next to it. Good idea. Mm. Some councils like them, some don't because I'd rather see a house on there. But anyway, sheds are cool Um, and all sorts of different sheds. Everyone would know all about them. You go to... You know, home shows, you see them on TV. The variety is unbelievable what's available. Well, what about materials? I guess there's quite a range of materials you can build your shed out of yep. as well. Steel, steel, steel. Now, well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's the preference? Well, that's the prefabricated and the proven to be the cheapest every time. I've done exercises with customers years ago. We look, oh, I can do it out of timber. I can get the timber cheap and all that. We do the exercise and the steel shed still comes up cheaper. And it's a kit. You've got to think of it like a kit. If you go for a standard shed, it's a kit. Yeah, and you get professionals that can put them up, and they put them up real fast. But we can still do custom design sheds. Yeah, certain people. manufacturers will let you. Some yep. won't. Also, the roof shapes can vary a lot too. You've heard of Quaker barns and all these different types of sheds. Um, some shed manufacturers will do a skillion roof. We spoke about roofs before, you know, just one pitch. So not all of them can do it. So you've got the options, lots of options. Sheds. Shed manufacturing companies, or you know, you, or your big brands and stuff, it is amazing what options you can get with these things. And so, what are the rules sort of around what you can put on your block? Like, are there regulations around like how close you're allowed to be to a boundary? Or yep. so, same as houses at the end of the day, you know, if you're, if you're looking from the residential point of view. So, you've got to meet all the same requirements for if it's a shed that's used as a shed not as a house it's a class 10 under the uh, national construction code so it still meets has to meet all the planning requirements um you can't build over an easement um if it's uh bushfire doesn't really come into it when it's isolated and it's non-habitable i it's not a house or has habitable rooms in it it's just purely a shed um you keep it off the boundary meter um, generally, and, and it's fine. So you just do the basic checks. And that's why you see so many of them. Bang for your buck. But in some cases, they're not very pretty in the situation. Nice new modern subdivision. You've got this shed in the back and kind of can take away from 
the look of the whole area. I guess you have to check your covenants too because sometimes yes. there might be restrictions on how a shed has to look in Hundred, a certain area. Totally right. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they will not allow metal cladding. You That's can, what most sheds are made out uh, of. Yeah, yeah. When they're prefabricated, yeah, 100%. But there are means and ways that you can put different claddings on it, but then goes away that cost effectiveness. It's, it's pretty exciting for a lot of people when they get their first sheds for storage workshop. We've got an intended purpose, you know, especially for car guys or hobbyists and stuff, big hobbies, that is. They're brilliant. I mean, dollar per square metre, they're fantastic. Put a carport off, put a lean-to on the side. You can still put a bathroom in them. That doesn't generally stop you. Put a bathroom inside your shed, then it probably turns into a doghouse for most of the blokes. <laughs> but there's plenty of ladies who've got sheds as well. I've seen that. I'd love a big shed to put all stables and... Yeah, all your horsey stuff. All horse yeah, it's stuff, brilliant. Tack and yep. hay bales. Exactly. And there's plenty of ladies that, you know, want to have a shed just as much as a guy does, you know. It's what your actual usage, you know, what you want to use it for. And be very clear. Um, and make sure you get your sizes right. You can get all these different types of roller doors. There are limitations on size and doors and things like that. But you go to your manufacturer and it's customising it to suit your needs. It's really cool. Then, then it can change to, oh, I want to put a spare room in there or I want to make it into a studio or, you know, make it into something that it's wasn't intended for a class 10, you know, because it's non-habitable. People want to turn it into habitable. So how do you do that? That sounds like it could be a bit of a process. Well, okay, if you do it at the very start, a lot of the manufacturers will then design your shed to suit a class 1, which is habitable. Easy. They do it as part of their design of the shed. Mm-hmm. So you just have to ask. Some do it, some don't. We get asked a lot, I've got a shed, I want to convert it into a granny flat or I want to turn it into, you know, uh, a little flat for my teenage kid or I want to turn it into a rumpus room, all those types of things. Now, if it's already been built, it's really hard to do that. And one of the classic problems we have is the footings. The footings are designed for a shed. The footings for a residential or some to live in, habitable, don't comply. They have to be bigger. And that's just what the code says. Uh, some of the really old sheds didn't even put plastic underneath the slabs, so it's not waterproof against moisture rising up through the concrete. Um, and that becomes a problem as well. But we can waterproof on top and do some other tricky things. Um, and it can be an expensive process to convert it. So I do recommend people be very sure that that's what you want to do, whether you want to convert it to habitable. Or make the provisions for it at the beginning if it's Make a new, the provisions and have it one. on the record. It's in the council. They know that it's like that, the building surveyor. There's lots of photos of the construction. Saves a lot of hassle. And it's not that big a change at the end of the day. Yeah, but they're brilliant. Love them. <laughs> but in some cases when you convert them all into a house, and we have a lovely term for sheds that turn to houses called shouses, um... It can be done really well and can be good bang for buck depending how you do it as long as you don't customise it too much and it could be a really economic way. But the thing that I'm probably most critical of, them, they still look like a shed. So it's designed the right type of shed to convert to a house. And some people just love a shed converted to a house. We've done plenty of them and, and the customers are happy as. It's exactly what they wanted. I guess you're a little bit limited as to the design of it as well because yep. they... I guess at the end of the day, most of them look like a shed. Very much so. 
But you can play. You can put different claddings on it. You look at your windows. You are limited with your windows, your doors. Um, you're also limited in the amount of windows and doors you can put on there too because some of the manufacturers rely on the sheeting to give the bracing to the structure. Mm-hmm. So there is a reasonable amount of limitation. So you've got to do a lot of research on it. But we've had plenty of clients. It's their dream. They want to have a shouse. They're a good shack option too, though. Oh, definitely. What about for the people that are not looking for some U-Butte man cave, humongous Who would not want a man cave? What bloke, sorry, I'd say, would, or a lady, you know, can you call a lady, hey, <laughs> man cave, lady, woman? Oh, I don't know. Um, why wouldn't you want a cool space to hang out in and muck around in? Yeah, but someone might just want a little garden shed. Oh, garden sheds? Yeah. yeah. Like, what, do you still have to get, you know, permission, like, Permits and all the stuff. No, for no. That? If no? in the Tasmanian rigs, uh, I think it's three by three. You don't need a permit. Excellent. That means I won't get into trouble for the one that I've put up. Well, it's fine, isn't it? It's, it's when you put your second one, you get in trouble on. Yeah. Okay. So you only allowed one of those. <laughs> only allowed one. Yeah. And I, they're not very tall either. I have heard. Um, I have a family member who. I think they were at capacity for a separate dwelling. They weren't allowed to do another separate dwelling on their property. Yep. So they've done this clever way of attaching it to the house. So it's Oh yeah, that'll work. So yeah, they've they've got around that regulation. Yeah, yeah you can. Yeah, no, no, we've done it and it, it's playing with the rules that you have, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what half the stuff that we do. You you look at the rules and say, Well, how can I still do something and it's legal and it still achieves what the client wants? That's, that's what you're paid to do. Yeah, that's right. You know, we get some asked to do some pretty weird and extraordinary things and we see if we can do it, but sometimes just say, look, can't do it under this, but if you looked at this option, this might work. And we've done it with sheds plenty of times too. Carports, sheds. Yeah, I, I saw one the other day. I was at uh, my wife's uncle's place and he popped a mezzanine inside his shed and it hasn't got the right height or whatever, but he's happy. He's got this little space upstairs. He's got a workshop downstairs. He's put a TV, an eight-ball table up there, put a mezzanine up in there and he thinks it's the best thing. I reckon his wife would be happy too. Uh, They're both happy because all the grandkids love it. (laughs) They get their own space. Yeah, they get space and muck around. It's great. You know, play their own music, you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us don't appreciate other people's music. Like heavy metal or something. Oh, it could be anything, you know. Yeah, so shed choices. There's never been so many manufacturers. Also, you've got to think about um, if you want to start up a little business. Sheds are great choices. You know, if you want to run a little home business, and it could be like we've done quite a number, would you believe, is putting commercial kitchens in them. Really? Seriously. Wow. People want to run a commercial kitchen, their home kitchen, they started there, you know, doing their stuff and you can you know, get a commercial licence for your home kitchen, go through the process, get approved um, and then they've outgrown that and they need something bigger but they don't want to get a commercial premises, they want to build their own. So they build a shed and we put a commercial kitchen inside it. That's kind of cool. Home business, why not? And that's where they really come into their own, you know, because that is perfect for that type of situation. But I've seen other ones for art studios and someone they're just doing a little bit of work from home, you know, auto electricians, but it's a single business at home. What about some weird and wonderful type sheds that we might have designed in the past? Was there something like a helicopter hangar or something like that? <laughs> oh yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Up in the Highlands, that's right. We designed two helicopter hangars. 
Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. You don't do that every day. No, but it's still a big shed with, instead of rollers, it's got huge sliding doors on it and they can just roll the chopper in there, you know, because up in the Highlands, uh, the weather ain't real kind to you and the wind isn't real kind, so they need to protect the, the assets. Yeah, the biggest challenge was how we stored the fuel. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There'd be regulations around Yeah, of around course, and, and we met those and it wasn't a problem. Um, but when you're up in the Highlands, uh, like any building, they've got to handle snow load. So in Tasmania, that's called a climate zone eight, and up there we've got to allow for a snow load um, within the structure. So there's additional bracing put in? Additional everything. The yeah, engineer okay. has to recalculate really to suit the extra loading. That goes for every building we do up there. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, I forgot about the hangers. Yeah, but they're brilliant for that too, because you need a big space or good size space, good open space, be able to work in there, move it in and out very easy. And, and choppers are great because they, I'm surprised how light they are. So they just, are they really? Yeah, light? yeah, they're able to, ro- you know, with their gear, they're able to roll them into the hangar. Yeah. I've never been in a helicopter. Neither have I. That's that's something wrong. We're gonna have very to cool. put that. Surely you know someone with a helicopter. I, Oh, actually, I do. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to hit them up. I think the West Coast, doing one on the West Coast of Tassie, you know, start the Central Highlands, go down the West Coast. Oh, it would be just so cool. That would be very cool because they've got some pretty picturesque Yeah, pretty areas. amazing. Yeah, yeah. The Start off at Cradle Mountain and then go down through there, down to Lake Sinclair and past. It'd be amazing. Yeah, that can be our next team bonding session. That's a lot of helicopters. <laughs> 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 it is. <laughs> It was worth a try. <laughs> Good luck on that one. <laughs> That's a, you're going to need a Chinook. <laughs> <laughs> they probably don't have helicopters that big or no. enough in Tasmania. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of them. It's surprising how many choppers there are here. Um, yeah, so sheds are incredibly versatile, especially for businesses and stuff too. So we do quite a number of those for customers. I did, I've done dairy sheds. Um, we're, we're doing a uh, like a function centre and we're just using a shed and they're going to dress it all up inside. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So they're brilliant things, but also don't have your expectations so high because in, in they have their limitations, what you can do with windows, doors, etc. cetera, um, and you pay for what you get for. I did one for a friend of mine for his business. It was 1,900 square metres, and it was for his pet supply business. Still got it. 20 years later. That's huge. It was huge. 25 metre span. We're going a bit bigger. Yeah, when I was talking about big sheds, you know, size matters, <laughs> this one did. And it was great and it served his purpose well, but it flexed a lot in the wind and things like that. So it freaked him out a little bit at first, but they got used to it. But such a big shed and they're done very cheaply for what they are and they don't handle um, damage as well as a normal shed with made out of um, hot rolled steel so you, you hit them they bend very easily yeah i established that with the bunnings one that i've put up <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much to put a dent in it <laughs> no no run the wheelbarrow into the side Whoops. yeah yeah so everyone should have a shed that's the the, the answer <laughs> to everyone's problems get a shed get a shed <laughs> oh, i love it it's great, put your trailer, put your car, caravans, etc. like I've said. Choosing the right type of shed, you've just got to do your research because there are, like anything, better quality than others, better service than others. I'd always recommend go if there's a shed manufacturer that actually does all the install for you and does the slab for you all in one go so you don't have to get a third party in, that'd be the way to go. So how do building designers factor into that? Do, like, do we have to do any work? We do. For people oh. that want... 
prefabricated sheds? Yep, they still need to apply at council, go through the planning process. It may need planning, may not. You still got to go to site where you're going to connect your stormwater into. In Tasmania, we have a rule where if it's under, I think it's 2.4 to the eaves, and I'm going to have to stand corrected on this, no greater than 36 square metres, you don't actually need to have a building permit. Really? Yep, just put a plumbing permit in to connect the stormwater to. You don't need a building permit and generally don't need... uh, You still need to check for planning, still need to check if you're over an easement or a pipe or any type of infrastructure or if it affects the bushfire of the house on your house, if it's too close to the house. So there's a few factors to consider, but generally they're really easy to do. So what about custom-made sheds that are not, say, prefabricated? Like, for example... My dad has a two-storey shed that we call the Taj because it literally is like the Taj um, in the backyard that overlooks probably everyone else's backyard (laughs) 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 made out of, you know, Bessa block type material. What's the difference? Like, do you have to change the process to to do a shed like that one? Yeah, so do a concrete block wall shed and put a roof on it. Yes, definitely, because... um, what I mentioned before was aimed at prefabricate. It's all engineered, it's all designed to suit that site for that purpose. As soon as you want to change it, i.e. concrete block walls for whatever reason why you want to do that, and there's nothing wrong with that, um, that then needs to be drawn up correctly. It's not prefabricated, it's not pre-engineered. So someone, like a building designer, has to draw it up, an engineer has to do the footings, engineer has to do the walls, someone has to do the trusses or timber frame for the roof or steel frame, whatever you like. So all that stuff has been done by the manufacturer for these sheds. So you're saving a ton of money. Yeah, so it's going to cost probably a bit more to do all oh, of that. Oh, considerably more. Yeah. A lot more. And that goes for any custom sheds. I've had plenty of people want a custom shed in their backyard and they fall over when they see the price of getting an engineer to do this, that and the other compared to a prefabricated one. Prefabricated has all the engineering built in. It's done on mass. We do timber frame sheds because people sometimes just want a timber frame shed because they like timber. And that's great too. It's actually a lot easier to work on lining it. If you've got a timber frame, you can just line it as per normal steel sheds. Uh, they most of them use top hats. If you're not familiar, um, it <laughs> looks like a top hat. Uh, and these are battens that go onto the side and just fix the cladding on and they screw to the steel frame. But from the inside, it's really hard to screw anything off to it to put a wall lining on or a ceiling lining on. You've got to put additional uh, battens or wall frames or roof frames to actually put an internal lining on. So not a good option for those that want to convert to a house or livable area. But even if we do convert to a house, we actually put a whole new frame right inside it so we can get the insulation in. Oh, Because you've got to fit 90 mil of insulation in there as a minimum. So there's plenty of sheds we've done that with. And the clients are quite happy with that. Easier to run the electrical through as well. So mm-hmm. that, that's also the other side of it if you want to do that shousey thing. Um, but some of the manufacturers offer uh, steel stud frame setups with their shed houses. So that's another good option as well. So lots of things. But you haven't got into the carports and uh, pergolas and stuff you can do with this stuff. Yeah, so would you extend that probably off the shed or...? Or standalone. We've done some huge carports, just well, standing alone. You yeah. would you would definitely need that. Yeah, definitely. Yes, with all the cars and the <laughs> yeah. car parts and the the car bodies. Well, then I want the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd want the sheds so no one could see. <laughs> but then, 
it's amazing. I've seen a lot of creative stuff done. Like I said, we've done pool houses with sheds, um, quite a number of them, and people line them and do all the stuff they want to, and it's worked well for them. As long as it's well ventilated for the pool. I was going to say, how does that go with moisture? Yeah, you vent them really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, It's the only way to do it. It, It's only as good as your imagination most of the time in talking to these manufacturers. Um, But like everything, check with the designer and go through the process. Do I need a permit? Am I building over an easement? It's going to affect my bushfire. Is it actually allowed under planning? Some places only allow certain size sheds. That's the other thing you've got to consider as well. So a building designer is really helpful. Pay them a you know a little bit of money and they can do a whole heap of research for you and saves any hassle. It's really easy to do. That's what we do all day, every day. Check all the rec- restrictions. Do we do a lot of sheds here? Um, we used to do a lot more, um, but generally we haven't because it's been a lot easier because you generally don't need permits and people do their own checks. I don't know if they've done them properly. That's another matter. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've predicted in the future there's going to be a lot of People getting caught out where they haven't done the checks properly and they've built over you know, uh, a stormwater line or a sewer line or they've affected something else. So is that illegal works then? Yep, illegal works. And then you've got to go through the sewer or, or uh, sewer and water authority or the count individual councils and see if they'll let you keep it Ouch. if you build over their pipe. Ouch. Yeah, it can be. So do you have to have a building surveyor sign off after a shed's finished? Uh, not under the category um, two, cat two, uh, where you don't need a permit. No, doesn't even need an inspection. Just the plumbing inspection on the stormwater. That's only for prefabricated. Prefabricated. Yep. Now, if you go bigger than that, you go through the normal process uh, with using a designer, building surveyor, council, plumbing, and permit authority. That's all normal. Um, if you go over the 36 square metres or you do something a bit different or you trigger planning or trigger a whole heap of stuff, but you've got to check all the restrictions within your own municipality and any designer will be able to help you with that. What about sheds on a slopey block? Ah, uh, yes. Because they sound like they could be a little bit of a pain. It can be. Most sheds are designed for concrete floors. That's what I've noticed. Nearly all of them are concrete slab. Yep, that's right, because it's quick, it's easy, it's cheap. So when we've got a bit of a slope, then, look, we do, we go to site, we take a whole bunch of levels, we'll send a surveyor out to do that, and we figure out how much height do we have to lift it, cut it. It's the other way too. You might have to cut into the site and build retaining walls around it. So it's two ways. Um, Cutting in's fine. You can put a retaining wall around your shed. We've actually done it where retaining walls are part of the walls of the shed as well makes it a little bit neater. You don't have that gap between the shed and the retaining wall and all those leaves and stuff fall in there. Mm-hmm. Um, bit, bit more tricky. The other way where the shed's hanging out of the ground, generally we, we build up with blockwork walls and they've got to be filled with compacted gravel, slab on top, and then the shed sits straight over the top. Um, it comes down to economics and where people are at with everything, you know, because that cost to get that slab either dug in to the ground or hanging out of the ground can jump a lot, like a huge amount. It depends on, I guess, the amount of slope, how much you've got to cut out, etc. Yep. yep, The all additional that. cost of retaining walls. Yes, retaining walls everywhere. And they, That's I'm guessing normal. they have to be engineered as well? Yes, very much so. They're not part of the shed drawings yep. generally, so you need to get an engineer. But, but when you get to that stage, it's not prefabricated. 
Yeah, you know? that's very so true. So then you're going through the whole building approval process, which is fine. That's what you need to do. And lucky for us here in Launceston and, and Hobart, there's not a lot of flat sites. We're all, we all live in valleys, so that's where you, you actually see a fair bit of that. And no way around it, really, because you want to be able to drive in and out of your shed nice and easy. I saw a Perla while I was on holidays where someone designed their driveway to go into a garage and I was just walk, just walking around this suburb and had a look and they had these, alum, they had these aluminium ramps on the, on the driveway to the front of the garage door and I looked and basically they messed up the levels oh no. and the driveway's too steep and where it met the garage, you know, they're either going to stick the nose of the car in or scrape the rear of the car so they built these ramps and it looks like they were bolted down so they can get in and out of the garage properly. That does not sound ideal, though. I looked awful. Oh, I hate no. to think if it rained. Oh, no. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, it's, it talks about getting your levels right. <laughs> yeah, with sheds, it's like anything with any uh, when you're doing your house or whatnot, it's getting the heights right, make a comfortable drive in and out, back a trailer in, or just making it usable. It, it's using your smarts, and that's where the designers and, and architects um, can do that for you. That's why we take levels, to make sure it works. Well, that was sheds, everyone. Until next time, we'll see you again. You're listening to the Building Design Prime Time Podcast. 